Hey everybody, welcome back to Going for Two with Jack Taylor. My name is Jack Taylor. My name's Hunter Two. And we are super excited to share with you our interview with Ben Jenkins, the CEO and founder of Warstick. Uh, we love to hear about his time at Mississippi State, his time um, just in between uh, college baseball and now becoming a business owner. So I'm uh, super excited to, to hear him just um, talk about his, his life story and just talk a little bit of baseball with him. So hope you enjoy. We have with us right now the CEO, founder, and I think the design coordinator. What, what's your official role? Sounds with, good. Uh, I said, there, there we go. Okay. But it's Ben Jenkins I, I, of Warstick. And uh, yeah, what's up, Ben? Hey, nice, nice to meet you guys. <laughs> I go yeah, by really design good. director, but it's whatever. I'm director. not really big into okay. the title. Yeah. It's, okay. I did. Gotcha. Yeah. All right. Well, cool. Yep. Well, um, Warstick, um, we're, we're going to give you a chance to just kind of tell everybody what that is, and I'm not going to try to okay. butcher it anymore. So if you want to just talk mm -hmm. about, you know, time leading up to college, college baseball, Warstick, we're just giving you the floor. We're going to shut up and just let you talk for a minute. Oh, man, that's a dangerous thing to do. Um, <laughs> they call me Long-Winded. My, my nickname is Long-Winded Jenkins, so that's a dangerous <laughs> thing to do. Um well, let me see if I can keep it short. Um, I mean, basically, the you know, I think Mississippi State is a pretty good place to start. Before that, I just, you know, I grew up here in Texas where I'm at. And uh, I grew up doing two things. I was playing sports, as many sports as I can. I played football and baseball and track and all, you know, whatever I could get my hands on or what they'd let me do. And uh, that was kind of one side of my life. The other side was behind the scenes. I was doing a lot of, you know, art and, you know, drawing and painting and playing with Legos and all kinds of stuff. So I kind of grew up with this dual uh, thing where I, you know, I was kind of a jock in one sense. And then I was kind of an artistic kid and into music and all kinds of things on the other side. So really when I got to college, you know, I, I really did try hard on the sports and baseball kind of turned into the thing. And uh, I was, you know, fortunate enough to somehow get it, get, you know, get on the baseball team at Mississippi state and, uh, and that was really what I was, that was my main focus and what I was there to do. But, you know, fortune kind of had, you know, I was not the most highly recruited player. I was not, you know, by any means some kind of all American or anything, but I was a really good athlete. But um, I, you know, kind of lucked out in that getting to Mississippi State helped me. I had a great time on the baseball side. It was rough. It was tough. It was, it was, it, like I said, I wasn't a highly recruited player. So I had to work my butt off to get yeah. into the lineup over the, over time and all that, you know? Um, and that taught me a lot, which actually carried into this war stick thing that I can explain later. But, um, you know, I had teach, you know, I had teachers at Mississippi state that in the art department that really helped me figure out what I was good at, you know, what I had kind of a natural talent for that could be developed, you know, and like, um, I was first studying architecture, but that was pretty tough to do with, with baseball, I just didn't really have time to do both. So I started getting back to drawing and painting, but I had a teacher named Brent Funderburg who's actually still around there kind of look at me and say, Hey, you know, I've got an idea for something you actually might be really, really good at. And if you worked at it, and that turned out to be graphic design. He took me into graphic design class and I kind of instantly, once I understood it, what it was, I was like, oh, wow. Yeah, this is kind of cool. I like this. Um, yeah. And, you know, and it, and it just kind of set me off. I mean, that right there changed my life because at that point, that's essentially what I've done for 20 years is be a, be a designer, a graphic designer slash product designer slash kind of, you know, even interiors and architecture and all kinds of stuff. So. Anyway, when baseball, you know, base, I had a good senior year and I, and I had a lot of fun. And then I got to play for the Philadelphia Phillies in the minor leagues for a while. And um, when that was done, I went to grad school in Chicago to study a little bit more design, honestly, to delay my adult life a little further. And then at a certain point, you know, I'm like, okay, I got to work. And I just started freelancing. I really couldn't get a job. Um, no one wanted to hire me um, for whatever reason. Um, not polished enough, did too many different things. I don't know, but I couldn't get a job. So I just started freelancing and that turned into uh, getting some jobs and then really turning that into my design firm called One Path Buffalo. Um, so essentially what I did and still kind of do, um, 
beyond Worsted because I, I basically I have a branding firm where I help people name their companies or their products and I help create the identity and the, you know, like the aesthetic of what that looks like and sounds like. So that's really kind of where I cut my teeth on for a long time, you know, and then um, Warstick was kind of a side project that came out of that um, after doing that for a long time. It's kind of a break from it um, and just, just to kind of have fun, see if I could create a little product. And I'd always admired my client's entrepreneurial side. Um, yeah. But I was like, you know, I'm looking at this and I'm like, I feel like I could try this. Like, I don't have anything to lose. I got a cool gig going on, but it'd be cool to do like a product and, 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 and people, online businesses were starting to really come on at that time, you know, people selling stuff online. So it worst at the beginning, which is really simple. It's like you would get on there and you would order a custom wood bat, you'd pick your colors and I'd have it made, have a little partner that would make it and it would ship it to you. Really simple. That's all it was when it started, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That, that's oh, cool. That, that's really cool. Like the, the origin of it and, um, how, how like the influence of um, a certain teacher at state uh, can like put yeah. you down the, like that certain that path for yourself no, and that's, how everything that's what like, teachers do man back together like that um, no I mean I yeah I got an award I got a fellows award at Mississippi State this past year which is super big honor and I was like it was so cool because I got to thank you know I got to thank coach Polk um for the things that I learned during baseball and I got to think that teacher, you know, and at the end of the day, it's like, I wouldn't be doing anything that I'm doing. If I had not been for ending up at state, you know, and I could have never planned how it was going to happen, you know, but I'm super thankful for, I mean, that's what teachers do. You know, they, mm -hmm. they look at you and they're like tough love. They're like, Hey, I know you're trying to do this, but I think you'd be better at this. I mean, that's it. <laughs> so right. I'm really thankful for that. And I, I'm always appreciative of it. So this is this is really cool. So uh, my mom, she went to Mississippi State, got an art degree. Mm -hmm. She was going there, I think, for an art degree, but ended up getting a graphic design degree. And everybody oh, wow. that she's talked to since then that has gone there and taken any sort of art class, uh, she has always recommended Brent Funderburk. So that's a name that I've heard my entire life, uh -huh. just from my mom, like recommending him yeah, to, to people. And and he is, uh, for, from what I've heard, he's changed a lot of people's direction just by telling them Absolutely. what they would be better at. So. That's really cool to hear yeah. that you're one of those. hundred percent. That's, but, that's really crazy. That's awesome. And it doesn't surprise me at all. Right. To hear that. Um, yeah. I'm just one of hundreds. Right. So. <laughs> right. Yeah. Sticking with, uh, the Mississippi state, do you have a Ron Polk story mm. that, that, that we could hear? Mm. Any, anything, anything funny, anything crazy? Oh man, that's <laughs> a hard one. Um, oh man. God, that's, you got me right there. It's just the Ron Polk story is just the Ron Polkness of Ron Polk. You know what I mean? Like it's right. like, it's, it's just that he's such his own person and such a unique individual. My name's um, in the stadium. I'm a smoke in there. <laughs> yeah. I mean like just little things going back that, you know, like driving on, you know, we're driving on the bus from like Auburn back to Starkville and you know, he lights up a cigar, a cigar in the front of the bus and that wouldn't happen these, I mean, and I'm talking the whole way home, you know, and, right, yeah. and he'll tell you, you know, he'll tell you that, um, he told me a while back that when we were going through COVID, I was checking in on him and stuff and he said, I'm fine. This cigar smoke just protects me from it. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, That's sure. Awesome. Okay. Like, you you know, that was his, he's just a very unique individual and he's completely, he treats, I mean, what everybody will tell you is he treats all of his ex-players, whether you were a star or whether you were a bench guy or whatever, like family. Like he knows all my kids' names. He knows what they're doing. He keeps in touch. He writes handwritten letters, letters to everybody. And that's, that goes back for me now, like 20, over 20 years, you know, and it's, it's just a unique thing. Um, like I can't, I actually appreciate him more and more over time than I did when I was playing for him. You know what I mean? Because right. to see how dedicated he That's is awesome. to that. And it's just, it teaches you like he, you know, he's, he's built something by focusing on the one important thing to him, you know, and there's a lot to be learned from that. So, but man, like the guy, the guy's umpire fights are the most classic thing of all time. I would never seen anybody argue. He would, cause he was not a fiery guy. Like if you made an error, which I made plenty of, or you struck out or you, you really screwed up and lost the game for him, which I did. He didn't say a thing to you. 
he would sit there and write in his notepad. But if an umpire wronged his players, I mean, it was like World War Three. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's just like there's probably videos of this on YouTube at this point of him. And it was just awesome. Like we were like, oh, hell yeah, let's go. All right, here we go. Like watch this. Like you wanted it to happen so bad because it was like this is going to be fun. And he, yeah. oh, man, he has this story like he told an umpire. Oh, I'm going to get this wrong. Um, the umpire. Oh, yeah, that's what it is. I think it's uh, the umpire kicked him out of the game and he said, get out of here where I can't see you. So then he walked behind home plate and he said, what are you doing? He's like, we obviously can't see back here, you know, (laughs) just classic like that. You know, he's a funny, he's a funny, he's a funny guy, but I really love the guy. Like I consider him like a extended family. Right. Uh, And you know, any, yeah. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Go, no, you go ahead. No, 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 you go. Uh, during my time in Starkville, it was like the Starkville bucket list. Like people would say like they just wanted to go to Ron Polk's house because he's kind of like opens yeah. up these tours where it's just like a museum of all the baseball memorabilia you can imagine just all over the place. Yeah. Just walk through it. No, I've heard about stories. like I actually haven't even seen that yet. But because I you know, you should have seen it when I was playing. He had this office office over in the Humphrey Coliseum where the baseball offices used to be. And you yeah. would walk into this room and there was not a single square inch of the wall that was not covered with some kind of photo or memorabilia or something it was unbelievable like the most cluttered but awesomely cluttered chaotic they should have just froze that office in time is what they should have done to be honest with you because it was a living museum (laughs) oh it had the best smell i'll never forget the smell of it you know like fall practices yeah. in is over and you go in and have your fall evaluation and you go into coach Polk's office and it's just, I'll never forget that smell ever. Man, that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, also did, did a little bit of deep dive of your time at Mississippi state. And I think the years mm-hmm. were 94, 95, 96, um, yeah. winning record against Ole Miss during those years. So, uh, oh, wow. to you for that. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know how, per- I don't know how personal the rivalry was for you, but I mean, that's, that's a big deal. At Mississippi state, so. Well, um, I was from Texas, so it wasn't, I had to learn that part, you I'm know, sure I'm sure I actually, at my, time. <laughs> yeah, it has actually grown with time. And then, and I've got buddies that played at Ole Miss that, you know, it's fun, but like, I learned to hate, you know, who I hated when I was there because it was in my time, LSU was just dominant over everyone. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, in the nineties and good Lord, I mean, Todd, I mean, it was, it was something. So I learned to kind of, for me, it was kind of all about LSU. Um, you know, so, but now as a Texan, I, I didn't grow up with the old Miss Mississippi state thing. So that was a learned behavior, but naturally I hated LSU and I still hate purple to this day and stand it. <laughs> purple should be banned. Yep. No good. There's nothing, there's nothing good about purple. I grew up as an LSU fan, but then I switched, uh, mm. state, so. we got him right in his way. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so, like so as a national championships, but it's fine. <laughs> Yeah. As we as we move on from Mississippi State and get into to Warstick, which um, mm-hmm. I mean, you, you've talked a little bit about, but um, talk about your design firm for a second. One Fast Buffalo, mm-hmm. and as we look through like Warstick and the logos that exist now for them, mm-hmm. like the Buffalo, the Arrowhead, there's obviously some inspiration mm-hmm. from Native American culture. Where did that start? Mm-hmm. Well, I kind of skipped over that um, in my in my kind of long winded story about my life. <laughs> So when I was in grad school in Chicago, I kind of took a year off. I was studying some film as well and just randomly ended up kind of working and doing a live work situation where I was helping some professors make a documentary on uh, the Pine Ridge, Pine Ridge Indian Reservation in South Dakota, which is a pretty heavy place. It's like one of the poorest places in That's the country. That's the Lakota Sioux, right? Yeah, absolutely. So right like, it's a very politically volatile place as well. So like in the 70s... Um, uh, you know, there were some FBI agents killed there, and um, uh, it's, the, it's where Wounded Knee is, so the Wounded Knee Massacre of 1890. And um, so it's, it's just a heavy place. And for me, as a, just a yeah. suburban kid from Dallas, being there just kind of reshaped my worldview to a good extent, I would say. And it just had a big effect on my outlook about the world, you know. Um, and right. from there, just meant. Um, you know, there was connections to some Nate, some buddies that I kept in touch with, and then I would meet other buddies and stuff. And so there was just a small connection to Native culture and the and more the con- contemporary situation of Native people that um, 
I don't know, for me, it was something I just couldn't ignore. Like it, it was this thing that, that was, it was a heavy thing. I mean, it's the heaviest thing on this continent that's ever happened. I mean, there was a real genocide, attempted genocide here. And it's like, hey, this is heavy, you know? And for me, like, it just had an effect on my outlook in, in the world. And um, so it was also a learning process about learning about, you know, um, the perspective of natives today and what they deal with and, 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 and that they're not fictional characters in the Old West, you know, that they're living, breathing people that have today, but they're, you know, there's a, you know, it's a complex situation, but anyway, um, so with war stick, there's, I'm always very trying to do anything native quote unquote, especially from a graphic standpoint. Um, it's more that, you know, there's a lot of things. I, I'm also a very outdoorsy person. I, I, I spend a lot of time in the West and, and just the mountains and I love Western. I love the landscape of the West animals of the west and all that kind of stuff so all that meaning of all these things kind of flows into what i do because as an artist what happens is when you when you're around things and you absorb what's around you that stuff flows back through you you know what i mean so mm -hmm. yeah i'm trying to just process what i'm experienced you know and then what we do is we turn around and i think every business today really should have um you know if it does good it should do some good things and help people so um we have a cause called the uh, Native uh, Native American Stick Warriors Fund, which is basically just we do things to raise money through it could be a charity or events or this and that or just profits from our sales. And we essentially are trying to support Native youth one to let them know that they're important and 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 two to really try to get them involved in sports, especially like baseball, because it just helps you in your life to do something hard like that and to be athletic and stuff like that and and try sports. So. There's just a cause connection there, you know, but that's where it came from. If you wanted to know, you know, so, right. um, okay. yeah. And it's just, yeah, it's just a part of my life. Like, again, something I didn't really plan to happen or anything just kind of happened. And, uh, you know, I just felt like I get energy from that. So it needs to get circled back into that, okay. you know? Yeah. Awesome. That is, that's super cool. Yeah. It's really cool um, that I've also been there. <laughs> like the same Yeah. Time. Yeah, I mean, if you're if you ever go if you're in South Dakota and someone takes you to Wounded Knee and explains to you what happened there, mm -hmm. and it doesn't affect you, I mean, I don't like know, I don't know wrong. how it would. <laughs> a little bit, like, yeah, I think when you really understand what happened there, it's not something that you can. You can't, uh, you can't shake. I couldn't shake. It. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's yeah. So, but it but then it's a learning process going to occur from there, you know. Mm -hmm. So. Yep. So from like a from like a ten thousand foot view, we can see like war stick. You make baseball bats. Mm -hmm. There uh, in the past few years, or I don't know, maybe months. I mean, more sports equipment has started coming out. But it started out like you said with baseball bats. Um, mm -hmm. But the, the the mentality I think is is what I've gathered is what drives it all. Like it, yep. the, the quote, "It's not the weapon, it's the warrior." Could you talk a little bit about yep. that and just just what that means to you guys? Yeah, ironically, I think subconsciously that all came from my time at Mississippi State as well, believe it or not. Um, okay. Because when I started, you know, when I said, okay, I'm going to start a baseball bat company. Okay, what's it called? What's it about? Well, the one thing that was good about me as a player is I would play all out. I would play hard. Like, I didn't have that problem. Like, if I was playing, I was trying to beat your ass. You know what I mean? Yeah. I was, I had that part of Jake Mangum in me. <laughs> yeah. But That's who I'm picturing right now. Did you have like the bat yeah. and, like over 350 part of Jacob? Nope. <laughs> no, and I'll tell you no, and I'll tell you why. Like actually athletically I I actually I had I didn't have any problems with I mean I was plenty good of an athlete, but the problem with me, <laughs> the reason I'm such a good designer is I'm a perfectionist. Yeah. Well, mm -hmm. as a baseball player, that's probably the especially a hitter, it's probably the last thing you would want to be. Mm -hmm. Might be because yeah. Yeah, as you've, as you've heard a million times, baseball is a sport of failure and seven out of ten times you fail and you're in the Hall of Fame and all this, all these cliches. Well, it's absolutely true. Well, when you're a perfectionist, that's pretty hard to deal with. So when I was on, I was on. You know what I mean? And I was really streaky. I was streaky to the nth degree. So when I was off, my mind would really make it even worse than it was. And I, I didn't understand this course when I was 20 years old, right? But later on, I kind of I was like, oh, so I just I didn't have that. When you're a baseball player, you've got to be able to just 
step past the failure and move on to the next at bat. And so when I say I struggled in college, it wasn't because I was a bad athlete. It was because mentally I struggled with that as much as anybody ever has because of actually some thing that as a designer, as a designer, it's great to be a perfectionist. You just keep grinding on stuff until it's perfect. You know what I mean? So really with war stick, it was like, okay, I wanted the feeling and the energy of that all out war of like, of like when you're in the game, you're there to win like that. You think of that Jake Bingham, but the mentality part really comes from this desire of mine to really help kids not be like I was. And Hey, you got You got to let things go. You got to, you, if you fail, it's a learning opportunity, not, Hey, I just suck. You know what I mean? There's so much, there's so many layers to all that mentality stuff, but like war stick for me was an, a therapeutic in a way, but also like an opportunity to, to help step back and see that, but like help young, young kids, you know, really excel by understanding those things that I just didn't understand. I just didn't, you know, and Jake Mangum kind of naturally is right. Like he has the, yeah. him and he, he has the ability to do that, you know, and that's why he was able to do the things and is still doing what he's doing because he really just has this ability to see failure as an opportunity to learn and get better, which is easy to say, but it's very hard to do. You know what I mean? So the mentality, my time at Mississippi state as an athlete was the hardest time because I was up in division one baseball and I'm trying to, you know, like I said, it was a constant uphill battle that I eventually am very proud of fighting through. And, you know, and I had a, really good senior year and for me and and got to play some pro ball so it was a success but it, man it was hard <laughs> you know like yeah. it was hard mentally to get through all that and by the time I got to pro ball honestly I was mentally exhausted so um you know really and truly like without playing and going through all that I don't know that that ever would, would have really manifested itself into some brand like Warstick, you know and especially with this brand mentality and these kids cutting their hair cutting a logo in their hair that kind of represents all that and their parents understanding what it means. And it's kind of like a, it's a little bit of a cult, but like in a good way, you know? Um, but the kids I've seen kids, I've seen videos of kids on YouTube of like, I saw this nine year old kid one time explaining the war stripe logo to, you know, to his little audience. And I'm like, this is so cool, man. Like that's cool. You know, cause you don't see, (laughs) yeah, you, you don't see, I mean, I love them. I mean, there's obviously amazing brands in the world, but you don't see a lot of them getting cut into people's hair, you know? Yes. So as if, it's, as if it's some kind of uh, little religion, but it's very positive. And, and we've seen parents, parents really get into war stick because they see that positive influence on their kids, especially like a kid that's kind of shy, but he really blossoms and starts to build confidence in baseball. If you don't have confidence, man, you're done, mm-hmm. you know? So, and that extends to life, you know, baseball, the reason you should play baseball as a kid is not because you is it's an opportunity to get to the major leagues and become rich. It's because it's extremely hard and it's going to make you deal with life better. I mean, that's why you should play. So um, we all want to get to the big leagues, but only 1200 a year do. So um, I think the you know, the effect of baseball is to go through the hardship of it, you know, and come out the end stronger person. So, and that's where all the battle comes from and, and all that. So, you know, right. And touch on, touch on that logo or that uh, quote one more time. It's not the the uh, weapon; it's mm. the warrior. I know I've heard yeah. you say in an interview, like it's not the goal for war stick for every major league baseball player, every college baseball player to be carrying a war stick bat. Like that's not necessarily the goal, and yeah. it's not the goal to like tell players like if you use our bat, you're going to hit a home run. Like you're gonna you're gonna bat five hundred. You're gonna do well. You're gonna do that. Yeah. I mean. It's well, like, I don't mind if a lot of people buy our stuff, right? But the point right, is, right. I feel disin- yeah. I feel disingenuous going to a nine-year-old kid and telling that kid, which is really what's common in our industry, that, hey, this bat has got like some special magic technology in it that's <laughs> yeah. going to actually make you hit better. Because the reality is, if you look at a bat, whether it's a youth bat or a, high school, a college bat, there's a stamp on it. Well, that's a regulation in terms of performance. It's like a performance ceiling stamp. They're regulated like stock cars. And they're all as hot so as they can. <laughs> yeah. And if and it really is. If they get hotter, they really do get banned. We've seen it uh, the last couple of years. We've seen some brands, bats get banned because they tried to cheat the system. It just doesn't fly. So 
to me, like to tell a kid that that's your sales pitch is very disingenuous and not true. And since we have a mentality to preach, I mean, a brand is about like a feeling and 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 something that inspires you to, 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 you know, to be excited about what it is, you know? So what you should be excited about as a player is yourself and what you can do. And you should, you should be able to walk up to the plate like Jake Mangum. I mean, yeah, he picks bats, but the reality is Jake could walk up to the plate with a newspaper, uh, a roll of newspaper and probably get a hit because he just believes in himself that much. And so Jake, that's why Jake's such a good representation of what we're about because he's not relying on the bat to do the job. He's relying on himself, which is what you need to be doing, you know? And so that's just what we're lucky in that (laughs) the brand is about something beyond just uh, technology and, and stuff. We have all that. You know, and we look and we and our stuff looks cool and all that. But there's the magic part of it really is that mentality um, that people feel, you know, and it's why I think now we are getting into things beyond baseball, because I just think the word war stick has nothing to do with baseball. The mentality applies to almost all sports, especially the hard ones like golf. Pretty mental game, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, um, pretty mental game. So we're, you know. We're starting to, that's where we're at is the baseball is kind of, it's been built. It's really working. It's kind of a mainstream brand now. Um, and it's like, Hey, let's, let's bring this to the other stick athletes is kind of what we're kind of where we're at with it. Cause that mentality just plays exactly the same. Right. So, um, yep. I did see on the website, uh, Missouri college baseball team. Mm, are they yes. fully war stick? Is that right? Yeah, I'm really glad you brought that up. <laughs> yeah, I got a got a got a no offense. In Tennessee last week with the bats too. I'm very glad you brought that up. I mean, yeah, yeah. yeah Tell like us about it. yeah, like so, sponsoring uh, D1 programs is something that's been going on even since I played, and you know where you, you know you're you're providing the team free gear, um, very expensive, and there's even you know paying you know coach usually gets a little bit and stuff like that. Now even NIL is involved in that. <laughs> So it's an expensive big boy game to play. So we've, we haven't, it just, you know, in the past years, we just went quite to the level where we were ready to do that. And, um, you know, what happened is last year, um, Missouri reached out to us because my business partner is Ian, his name is Ian Kinsler, mm-hmm. um, yeah. you know, ex Texas Ranger, Hall of Fame, uh, Texas Ranger and four time all star and great major league player. World Series champion. Yeah. Yeah. World Series champion, all this. So he actually, um, was drafted out of Mizzou back in the day. Okay. So the coach there really was not happy. The players really did not like, I won't mention the brand, but they did not like the products that they were using from this other brand. They dropped it and they reached out to us and said, would you consider sponsoring this? We really love your, what you got going. And, and the fact that Ian's, you know, alumni and stuff like that. And we talked about it we're like, and Ian actually goes, well, I mean, it was funny. Cause he's like, well, they're, they're not good. Like they finished last in the SEC. <laughs> I love that. And I, and I, but I, but I talked to the, I met the coaches and I just had this feeling. I was like, you know what though? I feel like these coaches are really in it and to, to get better. And yeah. Hey man, they, they like what we're about maybe. And I go, look, what's more Warstick? And I'll say names here. Is it, is it to go work with Vanderbilt? who everybody thinks is one of the best programs in the country and is right. in anything but an underdog, or is it worth it to go work with exactly the underdog? Yeah. And Ian's exactly. like yeah. the underdog. Well, so it's like, screw it. Let's go. Let's go for it. You know, because it's not about, I mean, there's still an sec team, mm-hmm. you know, despite the finish. I mean, if you're in the sec, you're good. Yeah. Now, is your record going to be good? Missouri no, because you might get beat to hell. Past two years. <laughs> exactly. I actually, I actually knew that too. I was like, these guys got a little scrap to them, you know? So it's amazing because we started working with them this past fall. We went out there. We kind of really started interacting with them. We kind of got the mentality into them. And I'm not taking credit here, but it just fit. Like it was like, man, these guys kind of are us. Like this They're kind of just feels right. Just looking from the outside. And they're, dude, they don't have kids getting paid NIL money there. No. They don't have big time recruits there, but they're kicking people's butt. And mm-hmm. so as we got this season going, you know, they beat Texas their second game. They beat uh, TCU. And I'm like, hey, this is, wow, this is a little something. This is looking better. Well, yeah. when they start, when I saw on the schedule that Tennessee number two 
number two in the country, Tennessee, was, you know, there. I'm not sitting there saying I was going to pick him to win all three games. But, boy, was I like, hell yes, let's go. Like, and at this point, I mean, I think they're 17-3, and three, and they're ranked 15th in the country, and I honestly think they could be ranked higher than that. But, like, even they played Kansas last night. They're tied up 3-0 in the ninth, and they're just like, no pressure. I mean, they're just like, yeah, we're going to get out there and win it now. And they scored five runs in the ninth and won. And I'm just like, this is a team. Like, you nailed it. Like, there's something There's something still in this age of NIL that's like, hey, there's still the concept of a team. And the fact that right. you go out there and just you're, you're about winning and holding your teammates accountable to this is what we're here to do. That's – and I'm not talking – I mean, with Mississippi State right now, I feel like there's a little bit of we got so good, so big that maybe – there's a thing in baseball that, you know, kids grow up showcasing and it's all about me, me, me and showcasing. It's not necessarily about I want to compete. I mean, there was a reason we won a lot when Jake Mangum was here. There was a reason. I mean, Rowdy Jordan and uh, Tanner Allen, those two right. bros, they will beat your ass. Yeah, yeah, and that's yeah. all they care about. And I will never, like, I, I could watch Tanner Allen play all day. Like, yeah. I just, like, that kid is just going to, he's out there to beat you. And that's really what he cares about. And that's important. You know, you can look, you can have blue chippers up and down the lineup, but if you don't have that mentality, especially in college baseball, I don't work. And I think Missouri's got a lot of that, man. They have a lot. And so it's like, I'm super happy that we took this chance on this underdog, the underdog and they're going out there and doing that. It's like such a good showcase for what we're about. And the bats now, look that's so not cool. to say that they're uniforms, I must say. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean they're black and gold, we're black and gold and we've got that's the so nice. the bone sabers, the off white and I mean it's just flowing, man, and they're using our gloves and batting gloves and um, and next year they'll be into we'll have helmets and protective gear and all kinds of stuff and uh, I don't know, maybe even their uniforms at some point. So like Y'all did that with Yeah, man, like it's hard. Like I'm I'm sitting there, I'm like I'm a I'm a zoo tiger in a lot of ways right now. So um, what'd you say, yeah, Israel? Y'all did uh, Israel's uniforms mm. in the World Baseball Classic, right? Yeah, we actually. So Ian played. Um, Ian played for Israel in the Olympics last year, which led to him being the manager uh, in the World Baseball Classic. So, um, yeah, like so, we're just trying to help out in any way we could, and um, and again, another underdog there, and um, yeah, so I got to design the uniforms for that. And it was really cool, and um, you know, seeing those out there, and I. Most of the comments we got were like, "Hey, these might be the best uniforms in the in the World Baseball Classic," and um, I think there's some really, bad really ones. Nice. But I thought they looked cool, and but they look they fit them. You know what they're about. They were classy, but they had a little spice to them, and uh, and uh, represented you know used their symbols well and all that. So it was cool. And they won a game. So, they were in the toughest. Mm-hmm. I mean. It, Right. I mean, they had to play Dominican. I mean, it was. Why were they in that? Like, hey, let me let me pick the let me pick uh, the three hardest teams for you to play, and then they beat. I mean, but the, the end of the day, they showed that they can play and hang, and um, they won a game, and they get to go back. So yeah. that was kind of the goal. Yeah. And hopefully, not be in that pool next time. <laughs> right. I know you've mentioned his name a few times, Ian Kinsler, but also Jack White. Mm-hmm. Talk about what those two guys mean to Warstick and to you personally. Well, I mean, at this point, six years into it, I mean they're good or bad, sadly or not, like they're some of my, they're kind of my best friends, you know, like we text yeah. each other every day as a group. And it's just like you would, if you were on a team with some other guys, you know, I might text each other every day, but they're on one level, they're, um, you know, they were at first they were investors, right. And they were, I made them co-owners and that turned into what it turned out is like, you know, war six kind of two things. It's kind of like design and creativity smashed together with high performance. Well, I mean, Jack represents the creativity and he loves design and Ian represents the high performance. And so they're like living, breathing um, examples of the two parts of Warstick and I'm kind of the middle piece, you know what I mean? That kind of glues those things together or whatever. So right. they, to me and my, a lot of people, I mean, no one blamed me for becoming business partners with a major league baseball player, having a um, baseball bat company, but... Yeah. There was definitely people that were like, wait, why would you have this rock star guy that has nothing to do with baseball? And I was like, well, yeah, one, 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 he loves baseball, but two, wait, look at what we do. Like we are, 
I mean, I did this to add creativity into the baseball world. And he's one of the coolest, most respected artists around. And my thing was like, can I even hang with that? You know, <laughs> well, I'm going to try. And then, you know, they've just been super supportive the entire time and, and opened up all kinds of doors and connections. And I've got, I've got some really, I've met some, I mean, it's made my life really interesting. I mean, I've met all kinds of people I never would have met, you know, and it's not that they like me, but I'm fine, but they like what we created, you know? And so like, I don't know, like it's just made my life fun. Like I've, I've met some really cool people that I never thought I would get to meet, you know, I'm not whoever it may be like, you know, other you know, famous people that I should never meet, <laughs> right? You know, stuff like that. And then I'm like, why am I having this conversation? Like, and it's because of this thing we created. You know, it's not just because I'm interesting. It's like it's there's the connection, you know, to that, um, and that appreciation of art or whatever it may be. So, yeah, you can just look at the three I, of you. Like, I saw a picture of the three of you together, and like, yeah, you can see mm -hmm. where you and Ian like fit into this. But yeah, Jack just. I mean, doesn't mm. <laughs> doesn't really look the part, really. But uh, I mean, it, it's really no. cool to see how all of y'all's talents have kind of fit together to to create what what yeah. is now War Stick. So, um, yeah, I mean, there's yeah, no so, if you're going to try to create something, if you're going to try to disrupt a market, you're not going to do it by being conventional and being just another exactly. uh, version of what everybody else has ever done. So Jack, you know, Jack is kind of the. I mean, he's his he's his own guy as you can be. You know, what I mean, he doesn't yeah. give a crap what anybody thinks he should do or how he should do it or I mean he's a pure artist man so uh yeah. it's been really inspiring to get to know him and just try to chase him honestly <laughs> keeps me up every day because I know when I get up in the morning he's up working you know so yep no, the, the and you know it's you funny there's a Mississippi State you don't know here's a story for you so 2000 this is quick 2000, I think Rooker was still there. It was 2015 before I, maybe a year before I'd met Jack. And I've always said I was a big fan and listened to his music and did all kinds of, you know, I'd listen to in the office and all kinds of stuff. But 2015, I'm sitting there on Instagram and I'm like, holy crap, there's, I follow Mississippi State. And one day, all of a sudden, Jack's, there's a picture of Jack and the entire Mississippi State baseball team. And if you look what? on, yeah, if you look on, if you scroll back to Warstick in 2015, I actually posted it on Warstick. I was like, "This is so cool." Jack White is at Warstick, is at uh, Mississippi State, and he he had played a show at the Hump, and then they were having fall practice, and he it's he loves baseball, so he went over and watched fall practice, and then someone figured out that he was there, and then all of a sudden he's on the field with the whole team taking a picture, and I think Rooker's in the picture. I mean, flash forward a year later, no, I mean, like. Planning to become Jack Jack White's business partner is not. I couldn't have planned it. It just happened, and yeah. it's just. I was like, we were laughing. I was like, it's funny. I I actually posted about you being with the Mississippi State a year ago, and then all of a sudden we were business partners. So it's weird, like how things. This whole thing, a lot of it is just like I. It just things happen, and you're like, you just were like, cool. I have no idea how this happened, but I'm glad, <laughs> you know. But yeah. So anyway, right. little tidbit. Uh, I Earlier on, you did mention just how small the business was when you started. And you know, somebody goes online, orders a bat, then mm. you, know, mm. you ship out that bat. Now, I mean, we've seen the pictures and videos of this uh, headquarters mm. flagship store in mm -hmm. Dallas. And so, how has how has that store alone like just changed changed the business? Have you how has Warstick changed because of it? Um, I wouldn't say. I mean, honestly, <laughs> the store is more of about having a home and being more tangible because we were at that point we were all online you could find us only online and it was just kind of like it Warsic just needed to become more of a thing you can experience in real life i guess you would say okay. yeah and it's really meant to be that like it's meant to be a place where fans from all over the country come and kind of feel and be in Warsic as opposed to just see it you know what i mean it's, it's um, kind of like when yeti like made their big headquarters in uh, Austin. Yeah. I mean, it was a grounding thing and it just made everything feel a little bit more read of people. But the reality is like, I mean, there's a, our flagship store is there, but it's like, it's, I mean, it's so, it's pretty small sales compared to the general big scope of what we do online and with, through all of our okay. retailers, like to exporting goods and shields and stuff like that. But 
it's more of a brand thing where it's like it's like going to visit. I mean, if you're a fan of a brand and you get to visit their headquarters, it's just a cool thing, you know. And ours is right. very like you don't walk out. I've never you don't walk out of there like, man, that was all right. Like that doesn't happen. Like you walk in there and you're like, damn, this place is cool, you know. And yeah. it's not what you would ever expect. It turns baseball up on upside down on its head. Like it's not like you don't walk in there and just like experience like a baseball thing. Like it's not that at all. Um, it's it's like if the brand like manifested itself into a building, that's what it yeah. is, you know. So, I mean, and that's like, again, colors, that's very driven by Jack, you know. Right. Um, I mean, and the, Jack's inspiration for scheme, doing that. The mm. Color scheme, logo. I mean, it it all just it's like the online store just. Just yeah, throw up on a building. It's it's, it's exactly the same. Thing. Yeah, I think throw up is a good word. Like, yeah, and like online, I have to kind of find a balance between going crazy and like still being like you know you can move around the site and find things. And the store, I didn't care. The store is like right. let's let loose. Like the store is like Warstick turned up to volume ten and a half, right? Um, right? And that's what kind of what was fun with. I mean, as hard as it was to, I mean, it's a two year project, but like that's what it is it's like let's just let it hang you know so that's why i say when people go there they're like damn this is not subtle you know i mean there's a there's wolves there's stuffed wolves in the window there's uh bison in the store um i mean there's a coyote running around i mean it's it's crazy you know gotta go there (laughs) yeah it's fun like if you're a worst i mean that's kind of the point like i don't if you're a if you're just a baseball fan, it's not like, oh, I got to go to Warstick. If you're a Warstick fan, you got to go to Warstick. Like, that's yeah. – it's meant for our fans. Like, it's built for them, you know. And they dude, they get – when they walk in, they get it. They're like, oh, yeah, there's nothing in here is, like, surprises me, but it's crazy, but I get it, you know, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And we had actually uh, – and it was just, like, two weeks ago, the entire Mississippi State baseball team was here in uh, town playing in a tournament. Right, okay. And so yeah, we had the we had a yeah we had coaching staff, um, the entire team, Coach Polk, um, the rate you know Jim Ellis, like the whole shebang. Uh, Everett, the bus driver, the bus was pulled up in front of the building. It was awesome for me. Like they were there for like three hours. We had like a big that's why Bryce you know, like a big dinner. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, there was players, and you know, they're they're sponsored by another brand, so we had to kind of keep it on the down low because that's what. It wasn't about that. It was about I'm I'm an alumni and I want to host my boys, you know. Yeah. So, um, yeah, they were uh, the guys were buying all kinds of stuff <laughs> at the counter, so which is awesome. So, um, yeah, it was really cool, like full circle moment. It was pretty cool to have them there. Yeah, yeah. So I as, mean, as we're oh, go ahead. No, no, no. Uh, I was going to say like I was going to say it's not it's not that I don't want them. I mean, if they ask, I'm sponsoring. It's as simple as that. I would. How would I say no? You know, right. absolutely. So, um, but, but timing I, wise, we we'll see. Kind of winding down, and just to tie it all back to Mississippi State, I have to I have to tell mm-hmm. you. So this, like, your I'm not going to say obsession, but like, you're you seem to like the war, battle, um, <laughs> just other cultures, and and just being um, mm. connected to people of different walks of life. There's this. Yeah, like I, I'm trying not to say it, but like there's this comparison to Mike Leach that I really do see. And um, oh yeah, do you have you have you ever felt that or or heard that from anybody before? No, I've never heard it. Actually, Jake Mangum introduced me to Mike a couple of years ago when I was in town, and uh, he was there, and um, definitely one of the most unique individuals that I've ever wow. met. Yeah, and you know, like other people say, like what was so striking is just that. He's, I don't know. I do have a thing for like people that just don't care what anybody else thinks of them. Mm-hmm. And right. that's Mike Leach, right? So there's yeah. something important about that. I think it doesn't mean he doesn't respect other people. In fact, I've heard nothing but that he was a very sweet guy and treated people amazing. So that's also important. But like, yeah, that was the thing that struck me. It's like this guy just is his own dude. Like Coach Polk is. Totally different than Mike Leach, but same thing. Like, just doesn't – you don't really care what other people – but and that's an important thing in life if you can actually do that because if you're going around comparing yourself to everybody else or trying to be what you're not, eh, you're not going to really have an enjoyable life in that regard. You know, yeah. so um, 
I've never heard anybody compare me to Mike Leach. That's ridiculous. He's, I know one thing. He's a complete, he's way in, more intelligent than me when it comes to, uh, all kinds of things, especially like how to, uh, design a football play, but, um, that's <laughs> right. cool. Well, um, yeah. There's, but there's yeah, I think that's, like, yeah. Like he went to law school and went into like left law mm -hmm. school and went into coaching and like you got a graphic design degree and degree and now you're like with a baseball company. Obviously like you're using that graphic design, uh, with this baseball yeah. company, but at the same time, like he probably used some practices, some parts of law oh, for and sure. coaching, but like, there's just like getting a degree that doesn't exactly yeah. match exactly what you're doing. I don't know. There's just some, no. and then he used like a bunch of, uh, the Shinzu's like, uh, like the art mm -hmm. of war, art of war. And, yeah. and a bunch of his stuff. And I saw that and I was like, yeah. huh, that's kind of, you know, that was, that was kind of yeah. my first thoughts, the comparison. Wise. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't say I love war. I just like the concept of the war. I don't know that concept. Well, that concept of that like well, the book war and peace, just like not even the book itself, war and peace, but the concept of that. What are, what are the two heaviest things in life? War and peace. We, we have wars to create peace. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. It's just the extremes of life, you know, and, right. and, I don't know, like there's something to, life is really boring if without those two, but <laughs> it's just, I don't know, like I just really like and appreciate when people are really, really either completely in the moment or they're, or like someone like Jake who's just, when he's there just to watch him play is a joy because he's just so enjoying being alive, you know what I mean? And so, I don't know, those two concepts, like they're the two sides of the same coin, but like, um, you know, I think Leach just, he's pretty, pretty on that, you know, when it comes to just, he didn't have a plan about that. He just was living it, you know, it, that's, I don't think he planned these things out. I think he just was very in tune with what he was supposed to be about, you know, so right. I don't know. So I always gravitate towards, you know, whether it's character, a real life character or a movie character or something like that, I just kind of gravitate towards interesting, you know, being people being cool, you know, being cool. I mean, I have high school teenagers, for God's sakes. Like, being cool, I'm like, guys, being cool isn't a thing you go learn at school, okay? Being cool is, like, developing your own version of what you're about and then not being like everybody else, and that's cool. Like, everybody thinks it's about fitting in, especially teenagers. And it's like, it's not. It's about not fitting in at all, you know? Right. Um, and that's what branding is. If you think about it, branding is hey, I'm going to take this thing and make it different so that people recognize it among other things, you know? So, and that's, you know, when I looked at baseball, I was like, man, everybody looks, talks, and acts the same here. So <laughs> maybe <laughs> that, you know, maybe uh, there could be a more interesting thing here. You know, that's it. Mm. Yep. Well, one final question. Um, mm. Do you have a bucket list and what are a few things on it? Mm. You know, it's funny. I don't do a bucket list because I have kind of felt like it's better to discover a lot. Like I've never, one thing is I've never, never retiring is on my bucket list. That's one. Okay. I have no interest in retiring. I'm very good at the same time about like when I'm feel like I'm tired and I can't, I don't have anything like, mm, I don't have any energy for creativity at the time, which happens. It doesn't, it's not a constant thing. You go up and down. Like when I'm yeah. tired, I go surf, I go fly fish and I love those things. And I kind of like, that's all I really want to do. Like I'm at the moment and maybe it's to find something else that I really enjoy doing. But like if I'm in a river, I'm as happy as can be. So I really love what I get to do. And as far as I'm concerned, I'm, I am the doing the bucket list, you know, but like, right. cause I, it's like, it's hard. Like I'm at a point where I could sell war stick, um, and be pretty dang wealthy. Um, which is something, but like, I'm like, what am I going to do? Fly fish more and surf more. I don't know. <laughs> Cause really what I enjoy is like, I enjoy the work. I mean, I don't complain about it like anybody else. There's, there's always something going on that you got to fix or problems that you got to solve. But like, um, man, I don't, I want to go to Patagonia and fish. That's about it. Uh, want to go to ice? <laughs> no, it's cool. Like the cool thing about surfing and fly fishing, especially fly fishing, I'm much better at surfing. I still, I'm okay. And you got but the like, design I love things that you use in that, I guess. 
Yeah. Um, I designed the rods that I fish. So now when I go to Patagonia, Warstick is, can pay for it because I say so. Um, you know, so like, uh, you know, like those, I mean, I'm more, you know, I worry a lot about, I mean, I have three boys, uh, you know, one's in junior high, one's in high school, one just started college. So it's like, you know, pretty, my bucket list is helping them become what they're going to be and all that. But like, I don't know, like, I don't, man, no one's ever asked me the bucket list question, but I, I literally can answer that I do not have a bucket list, but going to Patagonia and fishing pops up to my mind, you know, and I, well, I actually do have one. Like I'd love to design and build my own house someday, but not a big one, just a cool one. You know what I mean? Like that's definitely, okay. That one's on my, that's my bucket list. Okay. So never retire fishing and, at Patagonia. and build your own house. Yeah. Okay. That's yeah. I'd be list. bored. Like I can't, I can't not work. I mean, I can take days off and, chill and fly fish in this, but like, I mean, when you're a creative person, like it doesn't really make sense to retire, like, because it's what you do. Like, and it's what, if, if a creative person doesn't work, <laughs> you know what they do? They go insane. <laughs> and I really, what's not on my bucket list is to go insane because a creative person's mind can go on and on and on and on. And I haven't, like, we have kind of a cool talent where we can kind of see things in the future that we think could be real. Well, you can also, when you're not creating, you can turn that into a nightmare of in your own brain. Mm -hmm. um, it's a pretty dangerous thing. So you just keep working, <laughs> you know, like it's just kind of a thing we all kind of know. You just kind of keep putting that energy into making stuff. And if it gets bad, who cares? Like if you're making bad stuff, who cares? Just make stuff, you know, so. right. we'll see. Ben, we have sorry, I didn't mean to sound crazy on you guys. No, you're but. good, man. That was an awesome <laughs> answer. <laughs> we have uh, absolutely mm -hmm. loved getting to hear all about your life and uh, time at Mississippi State. Yeah. Obviously, about Warstick as well. And um, glad we were able to stump you with that last question, but you you, you handled it. No well. worries. Thank you. Well, yeah, it's great all getting right. to know you guys. I think it's really cool what you're doing. Thank you, man. Go no, dogs. Go dogs. Hail State. All, all right, right, man. Thanks, Ben. Thanks, everybody, so much for listening. It was so great having Ben on. And, uh, yeah, hope you can check out Warstick and uh, stick around it for going for two in the future if you want to catch up with some Mississippi State baseball. Thanks for listening.